Today we are in part three of our series, Lessons from Jesus. Lessons from Jesus. We um, learned the first lesson by looking at the life of Jesus um, some three weeks ago. And, and we saw that the fact that Jesus fasted. Jesus fasted. And last week, we looked at Jesus' praise or prayed, and he still prays till today. According to Hebrews 7, he lives forever to make intercession for us. So Jesus prays. And today, by God's grace, we are looking at Jesus heals. Jesus heals. Praise the name of the Lord. Um, I'm pretty excited because of, of obviously because of the whole series, particularly because of, of this, Jesus heals, um, because of all that God has made available to us in his word by the finished work on the cross of Calvary. Now, it is um, an interactive session, so that there's going to be a lot of back and forth, and um, uh, when you want to contribute, just slip up your hands. You notice that you have the outline already. Do we all have the outline? And you have um, spaces all around. You can write anywhere on the outline. We also have blank spaces where you can fill in the blanks. And we have a couple of them where you can put on your thoughts, you know, and um, you should be perforated. Are your outlines perforated? Okay, so it means you should file them away. You do not sell them to the Google seller on the road. And, you know, we shouldn't find our outline. We want to buy um, corn. And this is the outline they are using to wrap the corn. That's not very good. You should file it away. And, you know, before you know it, you have a whole volume of teachings, you know, that you can pass on to the next generation and obviously to the people you do life with. So we are going to start with the open um, um, segment of, this, of the Bible study. And... Um, just two questions to get us going. And the first one is this. When and how have you experienced the healing of Jesus in your own life? If you have. You know, I know it's probably not everybody that has. Um, um, I know the fact that you are, you are alive is divine health. Okay, there's a hand there. I mean, there's a particular condition that Jesus healed you. Are you sure? Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, I was born with uh, pneumonia, and I loved water. So my mom used to tell me, don't go in the rain or don't go swimming. Two of the things I used to like going. So after every experience, I would fall sick, and she was just tired. So I had an aunt, a distant aunt that just came visiting one time. And I had this attack for days. I couldn't breathe, like, life was leaving my body. And my mother was tired. She just said, well, she has a lot. If you die, we'll be fine. She was at that point. Then my hand came in. I was about nine or ten. She came in. Um, she laid hands on me. And I can't forget, she prayed with me and said that the life of Jesus should take over my life. And that was the last day I experienced it. Amen. To date. Not... So I remembered as Amen. we were talking. Amen. Totally awesome. Totally awesome. 
And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Fantastic. Um, Question number two. How has God used you to minister healing to someone else? Um, She just shared how somebody ministered healing to her. Anybody here, um, how has God used you to minister healing to someone else? Maybe you are that auntie. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, I remember back then when I just joined the choir, I have this friend of mine that has been married for over five years. Oh. So she was actually having issue with her marriage because of um, um, her not having um, any child. So right. um, while I joined the choir, then it was the first time I ministered. So um, the Holy Spirit told me after the ministration I should move my clothes the clothes i ministered with then it was a white gown we used then a native so i removed it and then i went home i was like so what do i do and he directed me on what to do so i went to the office the next day and i gave it to her, her name is yemi i gave her and then i told her how to go about it then i came back to pastor because i was scared what about if anything doesn't happen and pastor asked me do you have faith that it will happen i said yes that because i was tired of her always complaining in the office that her husband's people, you know, all this, and she was losing her marriage. Pastor said, as long as I believe that God will do it. That same month in May, Yemi took in. Amen. She, she, and she gave birth to a very bouncing baby boy. I remember then, um, her pastor, after four months, her own pastor told her, you have to go through three days dry fasting. Uh, God is trying to release something into you. Then she told me, and I came back to pastor, I said, sir, her pastor said she should fast. Pastor said, who? I said, that lady I told you that she has taken, say no, tell her to eat everything. Anything she wants to eat. The love rice, She ate a whole lot. You know, the baby was so big. She said she would stick to the instruction. The baby was so big that, you know, they had to do CS. And today, the baby has clocked six. I give God Amen. all the glory. You know, Amen. she's still in her marriage. God has healed her marriage totally. And there's no problem anymore. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. <laughs> Even though I honestly don't remember the story. <laughs> I don't remember anything about the story. But, I mean, you know, just some funny people out there, you know, tell people, pregnant person not to eat. Eat your love fries and uh, pounded yam too. <sighs> Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, so we dive into the, the study and discussion questions. Mark chapter 1, 32. To 42. That evening, after sunset, you see, when I was reading this, I remember another story my grandmother was singing, but I resisted the urge to sing it today. So I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's this, I should sing it. It's, it's this, um, um, scripture, you know, Lord, you are but be ni ni I saw one, So just the scripture, by taking it off, put it, do you have the song? 
You can't, I'm sure you don't have this one. Put it up. So, so basically, you know, again, I'm back to this place where I'm like, we owe the next generation the word of God. Some of us, all we are handing down to our children is our anger. It's our resentment. It's our bitterness. It's our impulsiveness. It's our foolishness. We have to deliberately hand over legacy of the word of God to our children. And it's never too late. It is never what? It is never too late. Don't say, oh, my child is 32 years old. Are you alive? Yes. You can start now. Do I get an amen? Good. And I hope the children are still fasting. <laughs> if not giving up. That evening after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. The whole town gathered at the door to watch. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases. And he cast out many demons. But because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. Before daybreak, the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place. You see that again? To pray. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. When they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you, Jesus. And you are here praying. But Jesus replied, we must go on to the other towns as well. And I will preach to them too. That is why I came. So he traveled throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. He said, Jesus moved with compassion, reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Praise the name of the Lord. You see, we see again, Jesus haven't ministered, retreated to pray. And when he was praying, his disciples came to meet him and said, oh, the whole town is looking for you. You know, we, we, sometimes we are tempted, we would have been if we were Jesus, to go back there, right, and be the local champion. But Jesus says, no, I need to continue on my mission. Sometimes, we get Lord into a place where 
people want us to be. And we fail to realize that that is not necessarily where God wants us to be. We get lured into a place where the whole town is looking for us. To the, but it's not necessarily where God wants us to be. We, we get lured into a place of popularity, but it's not necessarily where God wants us to be. But Jesus, because he was in tune with God, which is why you have to, you and I, we have to consistently stay in the place of prayer, in the place of connection with heaven. Because he was in tune with God, he knew that he needed to move on. He's done his, his, his bit, and he needed to move on. Praise the name of the Lord. So to heal... From a definition standpoint, is to become healthy again. To heal, so what you have in that blank space is healthy again. Healthy again. To recover is to return to a normal state of health, mind, and strength. And this season, you will experience full recovery in the name of Jesus. You see why well, I'm really excited? <laughs> oh, one of the reasons why I'm excited. To heal is to become healthy again. To recover is to return to a normal state of health, mind, and strength. On Sunday, we looked at mental health. And it was, it was really, really, really powerful because of the number of people that, you know, Jesus set free on Sunday. You know, it was totally, totally awesome. God wants us to fully recover not just in our bodies, in our minds. Not just in our minds, in our strength, in our passion. In every area of our, of our lives. Now, in Matthew fifteen thirty, the word of God says, a vast crowd brought to him people who were lame, blind, crippled, those who couldn't speak, and many others. They laid them before Jesus, and he healed, how many of them? He healed them all. He healed them all. However, if you look at our text in verse 34, it says that Jesus healed many. We were sick. And we wrestle with the following questions. Is it God's will? Because in, 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 in the, the text we read, there are different accounts, by the way. But in a, so in, in, in a place, Jesus heals everybody. In another place, Jesus heals many. In some other place, Jesus healed a few. So, the question 
is the, we wrestle with is the question the, the leper also wrestles with. And, and that question is, is it always God's will to heal someone? I've had people say to me, Pastor, what if it is not God's will to heal me? What if it's not God's will to heal my mom or my father or my cousin or my uncle or my... The leper came to Jesus and said, if you are willing, you can make me whole. Because I know you are able, but I'm not sure if you are willing. You know, sometimes we don't doubt God's power and ability to get things done, but we kind of doubt his willingness to do it. So the question to you and I is this, or that we wrestle with, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to open the floor now, you know. Is God always willing to heal us? Is it always God's will to heal? The floor is open. <laughs> is it always God's will? To heal. Okay. Pastor Buki. Shoot. Good evening, sir. Good evening. I believe that it is God's will to heal everyone. And the Bible says that I wish above all things that you will be in good health and you will prosper. That boy wants so, to yes. show on the screen. That's <laughs> how you know what they like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, are you done? Okay, cool. Okay, so she, she believes because God says, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So from what she's saying, God is not only willing, God is passionate about it. That's what she's saying. Does anybody else have anything to say? Is it always God's will? The leper asked Jesus in verse 40, verse 30, verse 40. If you are willing, you can make me whole. And Jesus says, of course I'm willing. Why do you think I'm here? What do you think I came here for? The Son of God was manifest so that he would destroy the works of the, the devil. So how can God choose not to heal somebody when he already paid the price for the healing? How can It's just like saying, was the blood of Jesus enough for all sins? Or the blood of Jesus was, is only sufficient for some sin? You know? It's just like saying, someone says, oh, I want to surrender my life to Jesus, but I don't know if it is God's will for me to get saved. Does, does, that should sound ridiculous to most people that really know God, Right? 
as you are going to see, is the same thing. So that begs, so you have space there to write your thoughts down. So that, that begs the question, how come some people do not get healed? So how come some people do not get healed? One of the things that, that I used to wrestle with a lot was that this bit, you know, particularly, you know, when, when, when the Holy Spirit said we should start the God Regain service, which was how many years ago? Like 12 years ago. <laughs> In fact, maybe we should be having GWDIA anniversaries. <laughs> like 12 years ago, you know. I was torn. But what about those that don't get healed? For several reasons. Because my heart is with them. Number one. Number two, because I don't want to raise anybody's hopes. In fact, there was a time I wanted to stop doing the, the GWDIA because I said to God, I don't want to raise anybody's hopes if you're not going to heal them. Yes, we th- I thank you for those that you are healing. But what about these ones that you have not healed? And the third reason I was, I was like, I don't want to look like a fraud star to people. So, no more GWDIA, O Lord of Heaven. I kid you not. I wrestled with it very deeply with God. Well, I'm going to share a few of the things that God took me through. But I'm sure you already know them already. So, so I'm opening the floor already. So how come some people don't get healed? Who wants to go there? There's a hand there. Well, how come some people don't get healed? I mean, it would be, it would be in denial to say everybody gets healed. True or false? Does everybody get healed? So, so how come some people don't get healed? Yes, sir. Praise God. Uh, I think some people um, lack of faith and willingness. Okay, so in some cases, not in all cases, yeah. in some cases, it's lack of faith, faith. and willingness. Yes, um, okay. some people, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know the medical times now, they might add, went for, um, um, how would I put it now, for a checkup, uh. And what the doctor told them was something way out, uh-huh. and they've asked from antecedents, this thing is not healed, it can't be healed. Okay, like uh, I have a client whose um, child is autistic. Now, um, from the history of um, um, children that are autistic, it's very rare to use, for you to see them getting healed. Now, there was a time I asked her to visit churches, she was like, no. Because she is from the UK, she has that uh, mindset that, uh, no, I have this CD I've bought. That's what will maybe take care of the boy. And the boy is like 18 now. He's still very autistic. So for some people, what they've gotten as their reports determines their fate. Okay, so what you're saying is that in some cases, they will not get healed because of lack of faith. Okay, that's one, and that is very valid. Any other reason... Why people don't... Yes, sir. 
there could be some other underlying conditions that are not fulfilled. Like an example that you gave of a lady that had shingles that needed to forgive somebody and didn't forgive the person. So there are underlying conditions that are, are not, are preconditions that are not fulfilled. I mean, they're not going to get healed. Okay. The, other, the yeah. other thing that comes to mind is, um, you know, David was a very powerful person, right? Who? David. David, yes. yes. And, and um, you know, but he died at the age of 70. So to me, at that time, for him to have died at 70... It's like it, Jesus dying at 30. So, in so, so because of that, so if, if it was time, there's nothing anybody can do about it. Because the okay. one that knows... You are rolling too many things together. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so um, the first bit, it's, it's, it's also very valid. So we see, number one, it could be lack of faith. Number two, it could be there's a precondition to healing. You know, you, um, um, you keep abusing people that are old enough to be your father. And God is saying, stop doing it. And you keep doing it. You know, nothing's going to happen. You know, God says, forgive this person. You refuse to forgive the person. And if that's an underlying condition for the healing, in fact, a lot of sicknesses are tied to unforgiveness. Do you know that? You know? It's, it's not going to happen. So, we are coming, we are fasting, we are breaking our heads, quote and unquote. Meanwhile, somebody is not forgiving and they are not getting healed. And we are now worried and they are troubling God. Why is this person not getting healed? Is it God's fault? No. And, and the, the, the third thing, I hope you are, I hope you are taking notes of these things. You have enough space. Um, the third thing, which is what he said, was um, David died at 70. Was it 70 or 75? 70? He died at 70, but was pretty young. Given that time. And he was healthy. He was a very healthy, very active warrior. So it wasn't like he was obese and he died of obesity or whatever. Jesus died at 33. That's a pretty young age. Some of us, we are older than Jesus already. <laughs> you know? Elisha, the guy that carried the double portion of the anointing of Elijah, died of a sickness that he has healed a more complicated sickness. In fact, he's raised the dead. Even while he was dead, his bones his, was still raising the dead. <laughs> to show you how, how anointed he was. So it doesn't take anything away from God. And Elijah died of, of maybe it was malaria. I don't know. <sighs> Is this A levels already? <laughs> Okay, so, so thank you. So sometimes, you know, you have to bring in the, the sovereignty of God. It, it's a factor. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Good evening, sir. Good evening. I, I also think um, with everything else they said, a lack of understanding as well. Ignorance. Ignorance. Yeah, yeah because... I read the scripture, and in John 5, um, Jesus was asking the man he knew was healed for 38 years, do you want to get well? 
So that just tells me that's really um, absolutely ignorance. Absolutely. So so Jesus was asking that man. Obviously, ignorance is is the big challenge for a lot of people. So what I say to people is this. Don't conclude that your own is the sovereign will of God not to heal. You are not that case. Your name is not in the Bible. Right? They didn't put your name there. Conclude that Jesus wants to heal you and hold on to it to the very end. And he will heal you. Say amen. Amen. Of course, if like the case of Paul, you know, we've had theologians say that the turn in Paul's flesh was not sickness. They've argued it. I've read different school of thoughts in detail. Believe me. Some say it's not sickness. Some say it is. Some say, but whatever it is. Paul was clear. Number one, it was a messenger of Satan. Number two, it buffeted him. Either emotionally, either physically, either, either it was a restriction, you know, it troubled him. Number three, he prayed not once, not twice, not but thrice. And at each time he prayed, God told him, I'm not going to remove it. Because my grace is sufficient for you. Ah, it's inevitable. We are entering the level zone. <laughs> and <laughs> and <laughs> my strength is made perfect in weakness. So sometimes God can give you a limp to consistently remind you you are human. Particularly it happens to people that are overtly out of the ordinarily anointed. It gives them a limp so that they remember that they are what? They are human. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Don't run from the anointed. You will be anointed. <laughs> Say amen in Jesus' name. Okay, so except God shows up to you and tells you clearly and if you think God has told you he's not going to heal you, see me before you accept it. Do you understand? So yeah, you're not believing a lie, you know, and, and hold on to God. Okay, cool. So, eh, there are three times, you know, I, I, I taught through the, my, my times of, in the Bible, and I mean, taught through this, the New Testament, particularly the Gospels, not the whole of the New Testament, you know. And there are three times I could remember that when someone wasn't healed. And what can we learn from these three times? The first is in our text, in verse 34 of Mark 1. So Jesus healed many people, many people who were sick of various diseases. You know, so I, and I checked different, different translations and different, 
It was many, it was many, it was many. He didn't say all. When he healed all, he wrote, they wrote it there. Jesus healed them all. When he healed a few, they wrote it there. Jesus healed a few. So, what can we learn from this? So it's possible, it's one of the several reasons we have given that all did not get healed. Are we still together? Okay. When we go to the next one in Mark 17, Mark 9, 17 and 18, when the disciples prayed for the boy, it says, one of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so, you're, so you could heal him. He's possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And Whenever this spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he forms at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't. So he was reporting the disciples to their master. They failed in this assignment. So that was an instance where Someone wasn't healed that was prayed for. What can we learn from that? Who can help us? What can we learn from that? Obviously, if you were here last week, you know the, the conclusion of the story. Jesus then prayed and healed the boy. So what can we learn from that? Okay. Praise God. Hallelujah. Anointing pass anointing. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but anybody else? Yes. Anybody else? The Bible says if you fail in face of adversity that your strength is not enough. If you fail in the days of adversity, your strength is not enough. Okay. Mm. Because they don't have the, I mean, they don't have the strength. The concluding part of the story was that. The, those disciples hadn't built up their capacity. Right. Okay. Yeah. There are some sicknesses that just, you can't just close your eyes and wish and say in the name of Jesus, you know, the concluding part, they had to fast. Jesus said that some of these things have to go out by fasting and praying. And sometimes you have some really tough and challenging diseases. You just have to get away from everything else fast and genuinely seek the face of God and then okay so it, it shows that um, some things are not just trivial you, you have to pay the price sometimes there's a requisite price to be paid you know and, and until you pay the price it won't budge you know um, okay the next one when Jesus could not do many miracles because of Unbelief in Mark 6, verse 5. Mark 6, 5. It says, And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. So we see from he healed them all 
he healed many to heal a few. What, what, what can we learn from that? From that? Who can help us? Somebody from this side of town. Anybody from this side of town? Like, this is where the, um, the professors are. <laughs> maybe, maybe we have some on this side. Anybody on this side? <clears throat> They've come to stand beside Pastor Buki. Is she, is she the only one? Somebody else from that side of town. I'm going to call you, you know. I can see you, and I know your names. You think I don't know your names? Okay. I know, no, no, not Pastor Richard. Somebody else. Not Pastor Buki, not Pastor Richard. Somebody else from that, from that side of town. Come on. Yeah. Can you add it to the rescue? There you go. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Okay, so from many to, from all to many and then to few. So it means that to me, I see that um, Jesus was willing to heal everybody. So from, its, from his own side, everything was perfect. It was just from the side of the people who were to receive the healing. That's absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So that's, that's so from God is, is ever willing. We, which is why when we approach a season like this, we, we come fasting. We come because the fasting doesn't change God. God is willing already. He's willing to give you full recovery in Jesus' name. So we come fasting. We come preparing. Why? To make sure our end is sorted out so that we are in line with him. And boom, God, we do it again. Amen. <clears throat> so... Um, the key thing about Jesus' healing is that Jesus healed out of compassion. Jesus healed out of compassion. And you see, if you, if you, if you want to walk in, let's use that term, in the healing anointing, if you will, if you want God to heal people through you, you have to be compassionate. When you see people's pain, you have to feel something. One of my weaknesses, I don't like seeing people suffering. It, 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 is, it breaks me in a way that sometimes I actually physically run away from the scene. You know? You had um, Bumi's testimony. She saw a colleague at work. The lady didn't have a child. She saw it was affecting her marriage. For some of us, God has put us in that kind of situation. We turn it into gist. Have you heard? I think it's about five months and eight, uh, five years and eight months that she has been married. Five months, eight months, five years, eight months, three days to be precise. You know, it's... But it bothered her. Because it bothered her. God could flow through her. And that, is, and that is how Jesus was. If you look at Mark 1 from verse 40, it's in your text. It says, a man with leprosy came and knelt in front of him in the text that we read of Jesus, begging him to be healed. If you are willing, 
you can heal me and make me clean. He said, the man said, moved with what? Moved with compassion. Compassion and, ah, this is a human being. This is someone created by my father. This is someone in the image of God. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly, the leprosy disappeared. If you want healing, the healing anointing for sure, you ain't going to get nothing. If you want it so that you can say the evangelist has arrived in town, be careful that you don't attract familiar spirits. Because the only thing that you can attract is familiar spirits. Be careful that it is not out of arrogance or showmanship. That is out of compassion. The next text we see there in Matthew 20 from verse 30. It says, two blind men were sitting beside the road. When they heard that Jesus was coming that way, they began shouting, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Be quiet. The crowd yelled at them. But they only shouted louder. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on us. When Jesus heard them, he stopped and called, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, we have only one prayer point. They said, We want to see. And Jesus felt sorry for them. He felt compassion. He must have thought about their lives that, ah, their mates perhaps would be able to walk because they were begging. They couldn't see. They couldn't walk. They couldn't, they were men. No, if, you, if no woman would marry them, imagine you came home, you said, daddy, is this blind beggar on the road I want to marry? <laughs> Your father will give you a reset button from left hand and the right. You know? So their lives were not functional. Jesus probably played their whole lives and felt sorry for them. Then he touched their eyes. Instantly, they could see and they followed him. You see, I'm challenging us to step out and, and, and reach out to people around us and pray for their healing. You heard Tutu's testimony. She loved water, but pneumonia and water don't go together. Someone laid hands on her and said, in the name of Jesus, let the life of God enter into you. Boom. She was healed. The person had compassion, obviously, on her. Bumi obviously had compassion on that her colleague. We have to get, you see, you can't get, you can't, you see, you can't have compassion if you don't get into people's stories. Sometimes we are too superficial. We don't want to get, we don't want to get, you know, we are touche, you know, we are, butter doesn't melt in our mouth. You know, we sit on a high horse. 
But you see, God wants you to be his hands and his feet. And sometimes that means getting messy. And you'll be shocked how the healing power of God will flow through you. You'll be shocked yourself. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Okay. Just wait, sir, for the mic so that they can hear. Yes. Yeah, I just wanted to add faith which worketh by love. Amen. So you, you heard that. Faith works by love. If, if there's no love, faith cannot work. Faith cannot work. That's so powerful. The next, um, also showing us how Jesus, I can, I can give you, I kid you not, 20 at least scriptures of healing of Jesus that was directly connected to compassion. Maybe more. This is a funeral procession in Luke 7, verse 12. Was coming out as he approached the village gate. The young man who had died was a widow's only son and a large crowd from the village was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Don't cry, he said. Then he walked over to the coffin and touched it. And the bearers stopped. And Jesus said, young man, I tell you, get up. And the young man got up from the dead. Wow. <laughs> Boom, if you will. You see, but don't miss the fact that Jesus' heart overflowed with what? With compassion. You know, the widow's only son. Back in the day, a widow is exposed. Women need, even today, to a large extent, even though our women are stronger these days, they don't need bread that much. <laughs> you know? But back in the days, it was, a, it was a lot worse. When a woman loses her husband, she loses her protection, she loses her, her physical covering, she loses her provision, she loses somebody that will take care of her. She loses everything. But if she has a son, that son will take care of the mom. So the son, so he's not totally lost. So the son can rise up and still take care of the mother. But now, that only son now dies. You know, Jesus saw the situation and saw that, wow, this woman is left defenseless. He was moved with compassion. He says to heaven, can we please send back this boy? And the boy was released back. Praise the name of the Lord. There's no confusion in the word of God. Jesus stood at the tomb of Lazarus. And the Bible says Jesus wept. He got there. He, 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 he was moved and he cried before he let out that famous phrase. Lazarus, comfort. And he that was dead came out of the grave. Hallelujah. Compassion. Let's, get, let's just, I mean, I mean, I, I, it's, it's awesome. 
And that's how God wants us to operate. And the same thing, if, if you are on the receiving end, you need healing from God. Listen, Jesus feels your pain. And he wants to heal you. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's forever compassionate. So just reach out and Jesus will heal you. Amen. In fact, while I was praying for this meeting, you know, um, I felt God saying that wouldn't it be a good thing if everybody in God's favorite house, you know, worked in the healing anointing? I'm like, that would be, be awesome. So we had a, a deal, not a deal, a, you know, so the vigils are going to be awesome. The, the, the vigils are going to be totally, totally awesome. Praise the name of the Lord. Because I was excited. I was like, that would be awesome. Everybody raising the dead. All the, all the people just say, are you from that church? Ah, somebody has died in this compound. <laughs> and you will not go there with chips on your shoulder. You go there, you weep. You feel the compassion. But you will raise the dead. In the name of Jesus. Okay, we need to go very quickly. The children have resumed school, right? Okay. Healed versus made whole. You know, Jesus would often say, your faith has made you whole. Now, what is the difference between being healed and being made whole? Ah, we really can't get into that because of time. I thought we would explain that. But take that home and as homework. Do we still do the collaborative Bible study? Yeah, if you haven't, wake it up. So, take it to the collaborative Bible study to your different WhatsApp group and pose this question. And, you know, you guys should share. And you get the answers. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, Acts 4, 12, you know, the Word of God says that neither is there salvation in any other. There is salvation in no one else. And God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Now, that's a very powerful, powerful statement. What led to it? What led to it is the the story, which I will tell you the story. I thought we would read it, but I really wanted us to read it. In Acts chapter 3, from verse 1, it's Peter and John going into the temple. And when they got into the temple, before, at the gate, they saw a man that was crippled. And they said to him, look at us. Silver and gold we have none. But that which we have, we give unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And they held the crippled man and pulled him up. And the guy was leaping and jumping and praising God. And the whole place, there was pandemonium. Because everybody knew that guy. Isn't that the guy that was begging at the gate? So it created confusion. So the leaders of the synagogue were like, these guys have come again. We killed their ogre. 
Now these boys want to start trouble again. Now they want to put this blood on our neck. So they jailed them. The following day, release them. Tell them not to speak in the name of Jesus. They say, how is that possible? Who do we obey? You or God? Fast forward. We got to this point. And Peter was making a statement. He was declaring to the whole people. 5,000 people had gotten saved. He was declaring to the whole people. And he was saying to them, Neither is there salvation in any other. There is no name under heaven given unto man by which we must be saved. Except at the name of Jesus. And when you look at that, a man was healed. That was the background. And Jesus was saying, there is salvation in no one else but in the name of Jesus. What has healing got to do with salvation, you would say? Because it is the same word. Neither is there salvation in any other. The same word, sozo in the Greek. S-O-Z-O in the Greek. Used for healing. When he said, it is by the name of Jesus that this man was healed when he was telling them. That same word, sozo, is the same word that was used when he says, there is no salvation in any other. The same word. Sozo. The same word. So, Pastor, what exactly are you saying? This word is so powerful that it occurred a hundred and one times in the New Testament. Mostly in the book of Luke. Because Luke was a physician. He understood healing. A hundred and one times in the New Testament. Sozo, 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 Salvation, healing. So, what does it mean? Sozo means, listen, to save. To keep safe and sound. To rescue from danger or destruction. So when deliverance happens, sozo. When salvation happens, what? Sozo. When healing happens, sozo. When protection happens, sozo. The same blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary for your salvation was the same blood that was shed for your healing, for your protection, for your deliverance, for your total, total, total freedom. Total freedom. Hallelujah. I know you are writing, that's why you are not clapping a lot. <laughs> it's okay. Because I, I know you are fired up about it also. It means, it also means, sozo also means to deliver from the penalties of judgment. There are some of us, we deserve to die. We deserve to be punished. We are guilty as charged. But Jesus says, mercy. Sozo. Femi can go free. <laughs> he did it, but he can go free. It's free. Sozo. Praise the name of the Lord. It is big, it's huge. So, we shouldn't separate it. Are you healed? Are you convinced that Jesus has saved you? You should be as convinced that Jesus wants to heal you and keep you healthy. 
You should, have, you should be as convinced that Jesus wants to deliver you and keep you free from the powers of demons. Neither is there salvation in any other. There is no other name under heaven given unto man by which we can be saved. There's a... Um, my, my, my wife really doesn't like cars like that. Like I used to. I used to like cars before, you know, God um, <clears throat> uh, sanctified me. <laughs> you know, she really doesn't like cars like that. She, she likes small cars, you know. But it's this car she's always telling me about. Oh, that is a Tesla. Oh, I'm like, of course I know Elon Musk and I, I, I know the, the Tesla, you know, history I can, you know. You know, and, and she, 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 oh, that's a Tesla, that's a Tesla, you know, and I'm like, okay, but I can educate you about Tesla, you know, even the, the guys that wrote the OS, the operating system, you know, I'm not saying I know them personally, but, you know, let's say they know me. That's a joke. <laughs> that's a joke, you know. So, if you look at Tesla, you're going to bring up um, some pictures of this Tesla. In case you see it on, on the road, I'm not sure I've seen any in Lagos, though. Next. This is a Tesla. The side doors open like that. The back side doors. That's how they open. Next. That's a Tesla. Everything is on that touch screen. Everything. Next. That. Is a Tesla. <laughs> now, the Tesla, you can control the phone, the, the car with your app. You can call it up from the parking space and it will come and meet you from your app. You can be driving. And just say auto drive, not cruise control. Auto drive. If you do the trafficator, it will traffic it will, it will change lane by itself. It will drive you home because it's already registered where your home is. If you register work, you can say, Okay, I'm going to work, it will take you to work. If you say I want to drive fast today, if we drive fast without beating Trap the, the, the speed limit. If you say, I just want to cruise today, I just want to go at 40. If you take it at 40 to work. Now, the standard edition of Tesla is about $94,000. Know, only. The fully loaded is about $140,000. Now imagine your husband buys you the fully loaded Tesla if you are female. Or you just bought your wife the fully loaded Tesla. I'm not saying I'm buying my wife the fully loaded Tesla. <laughs> I beg, I beg, I beg, I beg. Yeah. Thank you, Jerry. Uh, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. 
Where I'm going is this. And your wife says, I like the Tesla. But I don't want the auto drive. I like the Tesla. I don't like the, I don't want the touch screen. I can, I can, I can drive it without touch screen. I'll just put it off. I like the Tesla, but all these cool features, I don't, I don't want it. Someone like us will be praying for your wife. The person that made Tesla will be groaning on his bed. You can't say Jesus has saved you and you are not embracing divine healing. It comes with a package. It comes together. It's in the Tesla already. So just, just launch the app and it will load. But you see, you can drive that same Tesla for 10 years without using the auto drive to take you to work. In fact, we are even going too far. There are some of us, the cars we are using today, we are using a tenth of its functionality. Even the phones we are using. Hello, hello, are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? That is all you are using your phone for. Meanwhile, did you know that the average phone today has more computing power than the mainframe that launched the rocket to the moon, the first rocket to the moon? The huge mainframe computer that launched the rocket to the moon, your phone has more computing power. What am I saying? It's possible to be in God and not experience the fullness of God. You have to be determined. This Tesla, we know that somebody has driven it. Do you understand what I'm saying? When we get to heaven, Jesus will say, ah, some people, they use this salvation. Well, well. (laughs) My death on the cross was not for nothing. In Femi's life, my death on the cross was not for nothing. In your life, his death on the cross will not be for nothing. In the mighty name of Jesus. So, the commit section, you are going to commit. Because you can't decide not to own something after you've already bought it. You can't decide not to own it after you've already bought it. It's too late. Jesus already paid the price. He already bought it for us. We cannot decide not to own it. It is ours already. It is ours. So today, I commit... To being open. Some of us weren't open to the supernatural and to God's healing. To God's healing power in my life and to become a channel of healing that God can flow through. Today, I commit. That is, if you want to commit to it. To being open to God's healing power. In my life. And to become a channel of healing that God can flow through. Let's burn our hearts.
Let's bow down our heads. Or do we have questions before we bow down our heads? There are no questions. Let's bow down our hearts. Bow our heads. We've asked all the questions. If you have a question, send me an email. And let's talk to God. Take this commitment to God. Today I commit, Father, I'm, I'm opening my life. I look, imagine that Tesla. Imagine all the features. Imagine having it and not using the features. Believe me, the work of Jesus on the cross of Calvary, out, in fact, it is an, a gross understatement to say that, to compare to, to, to Tesla. In fact, Tesla comes, does not come close to it. So talk to God, that Lord, I'm, I'm open to all that you have done for me, Lord. And I'm committing myself, not just to be open to it for myself, but to be a channel to others, to be a channel to others. You may be here and you're not even saved. Jesus is not the Lord of your life. You don't have this Tesla, if you will. It's not yours yet. You're just seeing it on the road and pointing at it. But you can be saved today. You can be saved today. You can be saved today. You're saying, Pastor, that is me. That is me. Put up your hand. I want to pray with you. I used to be saved. You are backsliding. You want to come back to Jesus. Put up your hand and I'll pray with you. Children are always getting saved. Every tribe. Anybody else apart from from children? Maybe we should be taking them more seriously though. (laughs) You say, Pastor, pray with me. Put up your hand and we'll pray together. If you're online, the instructions are scrolling. Instructions are scrolling. Father in heaven, we pray. We come in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We open our hearts to you, Lord. Oh, Lord, we open our hearts to you. And we, we say that you breathe upon us. That we are open to all that you have done for us on the cross of Calvary. We ask that you make us channels of your healing to our world and to your world in the mighty name of Jesus. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Let's pray together for the Lord for his kindness and his mercy. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Oh,